Hi everyone, uh, welcome to another edition of Dublin Tech Talks. Um, we put out through the uh, meetup groups um, and LinkedIn pages just uh, to get your, your input and ideas and on what type of topics you'd like to cover and you know that the, the um, uh, replies um, concerning information security and privacy were, were, uh, were really, really common. So we've uh, put together a panel today of three experts in the industry, Owen Carey, CEO and founder of EdgeScan, uh, John Gleick, who's VP of Services for Protegrity, and Tom Keating, who's VP of Engineering in Proofpoint. Uh, and they're all going to give us their thoughts and um, hopefully uh, get some learning going today on, on the subject. Just to call out that um, Dublin Tech Talks is proudly sponsored by Icon Accounting, and that's Ireland's leading uh, supplier of services for professional technology contractors, and we really appreciate their support. So um, thanks for joining us this morning, guys. Um, just going to cover off a, a couple of um, the most common questions that we've gotten and really appreciate uh, your input. Um, so just jump straight into it, I guess, um, you know, with um, everything that's happening in terms of the changes in, in how people are working and how they're, you know, staying connected to the, the company ecosystems, vulnerability management has, has um, you know, really come to the fore and, and you know, is a pressing concern for, for all enterprises. So just generally, what, what has changed over the last few months and, and why is it really important now that, that companies um, you know, pay particular attention to uh, to this area. Uh, maybe Owen, if you want to jump in and sure. start. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Sure, Dave. Um, yeah, I suppose it, it's a, it's it's a bit of a change um, from a vulnerability management perspective. The 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 model in terms of securing your your business has changed because now you have you know people. Everybody's remote. Um, so therefore, you don't have the the sort of the the magic wand where everybody's connected to a network and you can you can monitor and and uh, sort of make sure people are patched up and stuff like that. So there's a couple of challenges. Um, one of them is we're seeing you know an edge scan. We're seeing an uptick in in sort of insecure um, remote desktop uh, uh, features being deployed. So a lot of organizations, a lot of clients, you know, that, that we have are, you know, overnight that they may have had to deploy a remote desktop um, functionality for their, for their staff. And you're looking, talking about, you know, maybe hundreds or even thousands of staff. Um, so, so in some cases it's been done correctly. Um, but in other cases, you know, you have some might be smaller to medium sized organizations that are deploying insecure uh, ways of connecting into the network in order for people to do their work, um, which is then increasing the, the, the sort of the, what we call, you know, a, a fancy word to be, it increases the attack surface uh, of an organization because there's more sort of holes in the network for people to connect into. Mm. And some of those ways of connecting um, are, are more insecure. So that's one thing. Um, I suppose the other thing is, is it, it's just to making sure that, that, you know, if you have staff remote working, they have laptops, making sure that the laptops are being patched and, and you know, virus definitions are being updated and, you know, people are, are, are not like uh, maybe sharing a, a corporate laptop, um, you know, at home, which is not, you know, it's probably very common in, in this day and age. But the idea of sort of maintaining data hygiene is is different. Yeah. Uh, data hygiene being, you know, not leaving things lying around, uh, you know, in, in, in the home office or whatever it may be. It also means things, like, as I said, uh, making sure your systems are patched, making sure that, you know, um, 
make sure that, that, that you do the, the appropriate updates and stuff like that, which is a challenge as well for, you know, if you have, you know, 2000 remote workers all of a sudden overnight, you know, how do you, how do you keep track of that? How do you keep pace with that? Um, and, and what you do see with the COVID stuff is an uptick in phishing and malware relating to COVID, which, you know, the, the sort of the, 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 the threat actors, the hackers in effect, are, are leveraging this and trying to attack remote workers. Um, mm. so, so, so we see a change in sort of the landscape as, as a result of, of this, um, which is, you know, it's, it's, it's challenging to some degree, but it's not unsurmountable. You know, it, it, mm. it's sort of, um, it's just different. It's different and it's taking organizations a little bit of time to keep up with this new world. I think that's, that's sort of where we are. So I guess it's the consequence, right, of, of different organizations being at different levels of maturity. So some yeah. are very well equipped and already in the cloud, um, you know, so, uh, you know, everyone is, is working through a VPN. And then yeah. for others, it was kind of a, a mad dash to get some kind of a, a solution in place that would allow people, you know, literally just to connect to each other. Right? Yeah. 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 Okay. It, it's, Tom, Tom, do you want to add anything to, to that? Yeah, I, I think a lot of what Owen is there is resonates <laughs> very, very uh, relevant. Uh, I, I think there is the two parts, just as Owen was saying. I think the, the biggest thing is companies, they've moved from just a working from home, which was a temporary thing, which you took a day off or two days off. Now mm. you're working at home. And I use that term myself purely on the basis, just like when I was explaining to you earlier, like you have kids at home, you have family life at home. Um, and that's a new thing for people. Some people, their work environment was important to them because they were dealing with people on a day-to-day. -day. Now they're suddenly in this isolated environment, never mind anything else, and trying to operate in that with the distractions at home. Mm. But I do think the challenge, and I saw this actually when we we're starting to close down, let's say, uh, electronic companies were losing, were, were actually not having any laptops anymore. They were all being sold out. So you could see companies were making this rush to yeah. get here they weren't prepared some businesses now unfortunately in the business i'm in you know our company were well able to transition on that and that's that that's fine but i think in the main most people it's a new challenge first of all to get the it system set up and i think mm -hmm. that's where the biggest risk is is because people aren't used to it the threat actors just as Owen was saying now are actually getting very smart they're looking at what the latest news are they're trying to get focused on figuring out what is the way to let's say fool these people who are at home and you know i've seen several of this even where uh, several banking um uh, messaging systems which are perfectly legitimate and there's a lot of man in the middle where they're intercepting and they're trying to fool people and what's happening is because it's all relevant people just don't know so they're seeing a lot yeah. of email traffic and mm -hmm. there's a lot of challenges around that and that's why they're getting smarter and our advice to people has been one of you know you do want to you know make sure that people have their their computer set up they have mm. all the patching done and if they are using vpn making sure their passwords are strong and one thing we've tried to also do and try to encourage people is think about making more people-centric the approach here because sometimes we get very caught up on just well you're up and running now you're grand yeah it isn't you have to actually get people there is a bit of um security awareness training you people mm. need to get used to this life alone because they can't go down to the the it uh, chap or go down to the security person and say, I've seen this. They're now by themselves. And, you know, it doesn't matter. It's the human instinct to the side. Um, so, yeah, there, there is those two parts of it where getting used to being at home, which is yeah. a different world, and 
making sure your system's working on, you know, because most people at home, a lot of people would have had broadband that wouldn't have been the fastest. So now mm -hmm. they're getting a lot more traffic. Even like this, this a Zoom conference and stuff takes up an awful lot of data. Mm -hmm. All those challenges, things that we take for granted that suddenly now come to the fore. Yeah. And then, then understanding the dangers of being at home and these threat actors are out there actually yeah. I think that that's the biggest thing out of this and that's where the just as owners rightly saying like even simple things of data hygiene and stuff of that you know mm -hmm. things again I think the way I would say it to people is you're not in the office now you're at home it is a different mm -hmm. uh, reality mm -hmm. and, and you have to adjust accordingly if you don't the problem is those rules don't apply so yeah uh, so that's really but I think we'll, we'll kind of touch again on, on kind of the pitfalls of, of having such large numbers working. I think it's quite interesting, as you said there, the, the threat actors, I mean, the, the whole premise or, you know, one, one of the, the, the kind of mechanisms they have are, are around fear, right? And manipulating fear. And when everyone is in such a heightened stage, anything that looks like it's, uh, you know, an official request for X, Y, or Z. But we'll, we'll touch on that. Well, just, yeah. just, just one thing, just on that. The threat yeah. actors are looking at, even at the latest news and they're mm. fabricating their attacks to make it look like the very latest thing which actually fools people because it's in their heads mm. and that's that's a huge challenge inside but. okay good john anything to add i think the guys covered it really well i guess i will say that um you know it's true i mean the remote tool usage between i don't know february and i don't know april was up 133 percent or something crazy i mean we, you've got all these new people all these people that are working for companies and and that uh, are using these new tools. So for companies such as, uh, the, you know, the guy, the one that's, ones the guys represent that, that are, you know, this, this is a lot of new, a newness. I, I think that, that we have to, uh, you know, that, you know, there's a lot of security um, concerns there. Mm. The, for us though, you know, for Protegrity, you know, my company, we're always kind of, it's the same as it's always been. It's protecting the data, you know, that uh, personal identifiable data, and rest or wherever it lives so mm -hmm. it's kind of like more of the same kind of for us and it just kind of uh, one of those things where everyone uh, there's just more people uh, and more people at risk and more uh, records at risk yeah. and it's just one of those things that we're uh, you know we're just seeing uh, more companies actually coming to us to say you know we you know our budgets are cut for analytics our budgets are cut for other types of, uh, of, of projects but security and yeah. cyber um, you know, no, we need you more than ever. Yeah. So it's uh, it's really interesting to see what's happening in the industry. Cool. Well, I'm going to come back to you on the on the whole area of privacy because that's you know in, in itself I think is uh, is something that our people are, are really interested in. Oh, and I'm going to put you on the spot. I think you you mentioned you maybe had some some stats in terms of what what the most common vulnerabilities are that that you guys are seeing. Yeah, so we, we have um, a report um, comes out every year called the the it's the the Edgecan Vulnerability Stats Report, um, and it, it's it feeds into the Verizon DBIR as well, which is sort of the larger the largest probably um, statistical model um, annually, um, which is delivered by Verizon. Um, yeah, well, what we're still seeing is. You know things like you know the majority of vulnerabilities we're finding are between you know three and you know two and five years old, um, mm. but the majority of breaches are are a result of of of, of hackers exploiting um, older vulnerabilities. So it's not zero days. It's not sort of 
it's it's people that have unpatched systems and again going back to this remote model we have you know if you're not patching your system you get a piece of malware um due to the fact that you've an open vulnerability and this, your, your laptop hasn't been patched um but, but but in terms of you know general internet security we're, we're seeing that the, that, 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 that the most risk the highest risk density which is where all the critical and high risk issues are mm. it's still in the web application layer yeah and you know you have a lot of businesses now moving towards and we're seeing a large uptick in, in terms of businesses going web web enables you know sort of going putting more effort into online sales because they're out there they're, they're bricks and mortar shops and stuff are closed you know yeah. and and we're, we're you know it, it's still so there there's a bit of a rush there because obviously people need new revenue streams and yeah. Um, you, you, we do find lots of interesting things there. You know, you, people are rushing, they're getting systems built, online shops built quickly. Mm. They're misconfigured, they have coding errors. They haven't gone through the process maybe as rigorously as they had before because of this rush to market. Um, yeah. mm. and, and it is, it is still something that I don't think is going to change anytime soon. Um, mm. so it's primarily, um, it's poor patching and and all you know is one part of it and the other part of it is is web application uh, web application security uh, APIs etc uh, is where we find the majority of critical and high risks uh, as of uh, January 2020. Yeah. And so do you think that's a result of is it more a case of with the extra kind of focus and push in that area that the the underlying uh, kind of um, uh, coding security just wasn't there in the first place, or that people are making the decision to fast track stuff through and, and perhaps it's a not. Bit of yeah, it's okay. a bit of both. I think we've we've always had a problem with um with application security and software security. Everything is software. Let's be honest about it. Um, mm -hmm. but you know, in terms of web applications, um, the, the the risks for the last so the, so so the report is in its fifth year, and you know, sort of a continue a constant theme across the last five years is the web application layer is the weak spot. Why, why is that though? Because every application is unique. Every coder is unique and every coder writes code in their own way and, and, mm. and bugs can occur and bugs can manifest themselves into security vulnerabilities in some cases. So it, it's very much like that. But, but I think the rush, the rush now to build out the online presence Mm. And the rush to sort of, uh, again, as it says, maybe expand or enable new revenue streams via online yeah. has has increased. Mm. I'd say looking at the vulnerability stats for, for this year, at the end of this year, for mm. 2020, um, well, when we do it uh, later on this year, I'd say you, we'll probably see... Uh, you know, a significant uptick in in in, uh, in in sort of critical and high risk issues in the web layer, um, particularly from say March to to June and so on until things settle. Because people, I think we're all comfortable working at home now. Most of us are that have been doing it for the last three months. But uh, I, I think businesses just are a little bit slower to 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 adjust from a technical point of view. And I think I think that's a big challenge. You know. Yeah. Okay. Tom, clearly that's not the case in your engineering department, but is, is there anything you want to add uh, to that in terms of? Yeah, I suppose the two things I'll add a bit, I, I took some notes in advance of this of some stats on, from, from our perspective, but just what I want to say in there, I think the other thing is that cloud access security broker uh, technology, people are going to have to start looking if they haven't already, or CASB is mm. the, the term for it. Um, 
that's the thing that's going to have to help people to protect themselves and on is correct people have made the leap some have made the transition carefully and, and they'll be fine others have just made the leap in yeah and actually this sort of setup has suddenly exposed the weaknesses there that they haven't been thinking about this mm. um so i think there's there's huge challenges there for for organizations around this um, mm. from the security end but but just ourselves, like from our perspective, you know, the vulnerability stats, and I took a few notes here is like, even as way back as starting in January when the whole virus was kicking off, we saw like the Imotech uh, coronavirus uh, themed uh, attacks on health guidance. You know, all those things about, hey, do you know your symptoms and mm. all this kind of stuff, getting people lured into that. And then as things moved on and we have here in February, and this is coming from our, our threat team, um, research team who've, who've been looking at this all the time, then they focused on targeting global shipping concerns. So this is more things. So this is very themed to what I was saying mm. earlier, where they've got mm. very smart. Another one's like uh, attackers expand the Corona's theme based on uh, conspiracy theories. All right. And script, you, you might be thinking, well, that's an interesting angle in itself. Yeah. And you know, we've seen uh, a lot of that. Then in March, then it moved into, because everyone then in March transitioned to being at home, then they attacked, uh, looked at the whole area of streaming accounts. So mm. our very familiar ones like that, I just have them here like Netflix, Hulu, Disney Plus, Spotify, Apple Music. And I know myself, I get these emails that you have to do a double take and you go, they're so well scripted. Yeah. 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 Because it's very relevant, it's in your head. You're thinking, oh, did I do something with Netflix? Oh, I better click and log into yeah. my thing. And that's another one. And then as we got into April, which is a nice progression, this very technology and other technologies, Zoom, WebEx, mm. phishing lures, getting people into that, which gets them more access to getting into, let's say, uh, the social engineering in, uh, aspects. Mm. And then, of course, last but not least, the old classic uh, COVID-19 payment lures. You know, uh, now that people are in there, they're trying to buy things. So, you know, the threat actors, this is all very smart and very intelligent mm. ways of fooling people. And, you know, that's really where it has gone on. And it's relentless. This mm. is the thing relentless inside there. So I think one of the things we are, we're trying to uh, help from our perspective, and it's the same with Owen and John here, is... Um, you know, you're trying to get, make sure people have the, the technologies, they have the tools, they have the services, they have the data. And then it is back to uh, security awareness training. You've mm. got to, and that helps because all this thing is happening. And I know myself, you know, I've been in this business long enough. You still get that email that you look at and you go, oh yeah. And yeah. I'm trained to go, hang yeah. on a minute. Yeah. But that's okay for me because I'm in the industry. So one of the mm. things you have to try to do is help people with that. And that's, that's not something you can do overnight. It yeah. is something you have to consciously, and that's why we've adopted a the thing with our customers and anyone else will mm. with is a people-centric approach. Focus on your individuals because all of us as individuals, we are actually the weakest link. Yeah. Some great technologies in our perimeters, some super gear that's our IT groups have all put in there. But the human being, us, mm. we're the punter who clicks that link, the SMS yeah. message, the yeah text message and then everything like that so that, that's really where it is at the moment where the landscape is has progressed it, and you can see it, the progression there yeah it's interesting when you lay it out like that i mean just in terms of the the you know the threat actors and the strategy i mean it doesn't matter how ridiculous the yeah. concept is but there's a catchment group in that like so you know not everyone buys into the yeah. conspiracy theory thing but there's a large enough body of people in there that that's that's definitely an avenue that, that they want to take so well, yeah, if, 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 you send it out, if you send out a million emails and get a 1% hit rate, you're That's doing it. well. Bang yeah. on. Exactly. They only have to hit it in once. <laughs> mm. Okay. 
Um, so look, I don't want to kind of labour the remote working thing because I do want to talk on a little bit about the data privacy bit. But in terms of, you know, with such large numbers of, of people now working remotely, what pitfalls should companies be aware of? John, have you seen anything with, with your customer base? Sorry, John, I just lost you, your sound there. Ah, uh, pitfalls. Uh, yep. about, um, it's interesting. I mean, I think that everybody's been trying to feel their way. I, I, I think that for, for my customers, who usually like big banks and, uh, and, and the telcos, um, they're all very well set up. And uh, it's actually been quite smooth, uh, you know, the way that we're working together. Um, people, again, you know, we're consultants. We like to be with our customers. But everybody is very well set up to, to, to be remote with the big enterprises. And I've been actually been very impressed with the way that uh, our customers have responded and the way that we've been able to respond, um, you know, in, in that way. So I'd say that um, just from a, from a remote working perspective at the enterprise level, I think it's actually been, uh, quite, been quite smooth. I don't know about the, the other guys. Mm. I want to view anything in, in, in perhaps outside the enterprise space that, that you've become aware of. Well, you know what, you know, something that Tom mentioned is the rush to get laptops. And, mm. you know, we were lucky, as I said, before the call, we had to transfer our development team to remote and they actually had desktops and we had to buy them on laptops to do that. Um, but, 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 you know, so we, we had a bit of time, we were lucky enough and we, we had it planned anyway. Um, mm. But, but, but the, in, in the rush to get laptops, you, you, you might be in the position where, um, people have sensitive data on, on their laptops at home and the, the, in fact the laptop is a mobile device and yeah. the hard drive may not be encrypted right it's because they, they haven't had time an organization may have not have time to set up the, the uh, configure the laptops to be you know uh, robust and secure and suitable for remote working um, mm -hmm. that's one thing and, and as I said before you know pitfalls. Um, if you're if you're going to rush uh, head 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 first into uh, expanding your your online stuff, um, take a little bit of time to uh, to look at the security aspects. Um, I know it's it can be difficult, um, but but even uh, even looking at the basics, because to be honest, some of the stuff we're finding um is horrific um in terms of of the vulnerabilities we're finding and it's it's um it's not a good place to be if you're struggling uh, as it is as an organization because of the world we live in now and then all of a sudden you get your your business gets hacked on top of that yeah. because you know I, I don't think gdpr cares or you know the sort of the the, the, the compliance and the governance uh, you know the fines you can get from the eu for 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 data disclosure I don't think that they will take into account that you had to change your business overnight. It, bottom line is, if you're not, if, if you do get hacked, and if 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 EU citizen data is leaked, you know you will get hit. Um, yeah. So don't rush. Take your time and, and get it done properly. You know. That's a really really good point, Tom. Any any final comments on this before we no, jump over? Just as I'm saying there, I think I think the big challenge was the rush out to get set up at home for companies that were not ready. And I was right. Yeah. I think the advice is. Take your time to make sure you've you've got all your images right. Setting people up, uh, knowing how to use the security technology, how to log into your VPN that you might have, or setting it up, and take that time. And if you haven't, um, focus. Like people are the most important part here, so don't put them under that pressure because it doesn't matter. They will make mistakes under the pressure of trying to operate, and they'll do things casually without even thinking. So I agree. Yeah, I think I think is 
we have enough challenges and I think companies have enough challenges within this whole environment without adding to it. So like having a data breach and worse still, if it was customer data, the yeah. reputation on top of that. Yeah. Um, so I do think, yeah, take time, get it set up, do your verification, make sure you the latest patching, all this kind of stuff of software and go back to basics. And if that slows things down for a little bit, that's okay. Take that yeah. time out because that will save you an awful lot of potential heartache later on. And then if you can, to help educate your folks who are not used to doing this yeah. and take your time on that stuff. So. Good. Okay. Thanks for that. So finally, just the, the whole area of, of data privacy, I think the, you know, with the kind of uh, heralding of, of perhaps, um, and we've seen them rolled out already, some of the, the COVID apps at a national level or, um, you know, wider geographical level. Um, so there seems to be a, a move in that as well as just, I guess, you know, being asked to sign up for this platform or that platform or, you know, we're getting multiple requests, whether it's socially for stuff with friends, you know, business communications like Zoom and WebEx, and then all of the, the kind of um, the security concerns have been raised around them. I guess it's just an explosion of invites and processes now. And, and at the center of all of that is, is a concern of, uh, you know, about our, our privacy and, and where our data sits and, and what we're giving away. So a really broad question, I guess, but maybe John, do you want to start? Like, should should we be concerned with with uh, centralized data, you know, at a, a national or or European level, stuff like the COVID apps, and what should people be mindful of with with all of these, you know, sign up requests from it from a privacy and data perspective? I mean, I think in in general, uh, and it's always been this the way. I mean that people need to be concerned about it and very concerned and increasingly more and more concerned about where their data is and, and who has their data and who has access to them. I mean, if you look at, again, this isn't necessarily about uh, the COVID, but you know, uh, we, what was it, EasyJet just the other day uh, with a huge data breach, 9 million records hacked, stolen credit card data, uh, the CVV numbers as well. Um, wow. You know, Marriott, uh, you know, everybody uses Marriott, you know, Star, what, what is it, 500 million? Uh, people were affected uh, who had made reservations at what Starwood Suites. I mean, that's 500 million. Uh, you know, I, I'm I'm not sure if those are unique people, but and, and then they were they were hacked again uh, for a second time. They they did a little better this time with with 5.2 uh, million people. Uh, you know, but this is all within 16 16 months. So the thing is, for from from my perspective, and I I can't speak for anybody else, but why, you know, what I'm looking for now is. I want to do business. I want to give my data to customers that, or to to uh, you know, to companies that are going to look after, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, and I think more more now than ever, it's it's important for us to to understand where the, where our data is and how it's being protected. And uh, and mm -hmm. I think that's uh, I mean I think that's why we're all in business is to is to make make the make the online world a, a safer place. Mm -hmm. uh, I know that's uh, that's a passion for me. I don't know. What about okay. you? So, so, oh, and I guess that, you know, when we get these requests to sign up, I mean, you know, does anyone actually read these, you know, privacy statements and terms and conditions? Everyone just seems to automatically click. Should, should we be paying attention to the fine print now more than ever? Um, we should, but we don't, so we never will. Um, that's yeah. the truth. Um, you know, if you look at a lot of even, even software aimed at teenagers and youths, you know, the, 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 uh, some of the, the verbiage and wording and the terms and conditions that young people would have to sign up to are older people. Uh, they're not too familiar mm. with the terms. They're expected to click okay to these EULAs and they don't even know what they're clicking okay to, but we're, we're all guilty of that. Um, yeah. I, I think the concern for me is 
the center, like say with the COVID tracking apps, right? Or um, I don't think people's privacy will be preserved 100% using those types of apps, but, but, but it's a lesser evil than, um, you know, a spike or, a, you know, things yeah. getting worse through the pandemic. That's my personal view. But in saying that, um, you know, there's different models. Like, you know, the the, the, the app that, that, that suggested, you know, that's being worked on for Ireland is the data stored in the phone. And if you do get sick, you upload your data. And then, and then, and then you know, that, that data has a record of other people you've been in close contact to with via, via the Bluetooth ping, you know, if, you're, if somebody was near you um, and other people with the app. Um, but, but the MEPs in April had concerns over centralized data. So the idea of storing um, data for EU citizens, in effect, or Irish people in this case, um, in a centralized place. And it's not always, uh, I, I, think, I think John's spot on around data uh, security and the protections and some of the horror stories he mentioned. But, but the idea is that you know if that data is can be linked to an individual, I think that the model is they're trying not to be able to link it to a person, but they can. They're the government; they will be able to do that if they need to. Yeah. Um, but but the thing is, is that who's storing that data? And after this thing is fixed and we have a vaccine, and is that data going to be purged? Is it going to be kept or used for for different purposes? Right? Because we're talking about in some cases nation states abusing the data they have and we had a similar thing with the with the with the, the, with the public services card and there's a, a spat now between the government and the dpc around the usage of that data so so, so the concern you know the technology is one piece um uh, um you know in terms of how is this data being sort of uh, accumulated but then how is it being used is another concern and if it is stored in a centralized place you know uh, who has access? Who's the key, who? Sort of who is the key? The keys to the kingdom, and mm -hmm. and can we as citizens be guaranteed that 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 data is only used for its purposes it's meant for, and also it's purged when it's when it's not being used anymore? Mm -hmm. And I'm not seeing, I'm not saying that any of those things may, will happen, but I think that there are certain certainly questions we should be asking. Yeah. Okay. Good. So Tom, we might be getting back into the realm of the the small conspiracy percentage here, but should should we be concerned about this stuff, or you know what what's your view? On, I mean, what Owen said and, and John, it makes yeah. makes perfect sense. Anything to add? Yeah, the thing I would add in is like if governments are going to uh, do this, which they are going down this path, and uh, we understand why, and everyone understands the rationale behind it. I think if they start to use the the Google and Apple standards they have, which they're actually putting into their devices, mobile devices at the moment. The good thing about those contract tracing APIs, and I know Apple themselves, I think they came out on the latest update of the iOS um, recently, uh, they actually have less privacy risks. There are simple reasons that they will uh, anonymize your data. They're not worrying about the, the, the location uh, side of it. And I even saw a report there where in Germany, they were even making available the source code from a transparency point of view for people so they can see the app and stuff. So I think what I was also saying there is as long as people understand what the data is there for, what has been used for, um, and I do believe if you stick to that, the, the, the Google Apple frameworks, that is we have the best chance of privacy on, on your device. Yeah. Now, that in itself is wonderful, but therein lies the old classic the hacker with that and the threat actor will go, interesting, I will try to fake ways 
again, sending SMSs around the middle town to people's phone. Hey, this is the official thing, because I know, and I have a note here, like, there's an, uh, in Mexico, I think there was some fake app pretending to be from the Mexican government, getting people to put it down, and of course, then they're getting access to information. So I think the key thing is you're, you're going to go up onto those app stores. You go directly to them. You don't go through links. You make sure yeah. you see them there, there, there as they are. And as long as governments are doing that. Now, I think on top of that, then obviously they have to be a bit more transparent on this is the data. This is where we're going to store it. And then when it's all finished, this is the way we're going to destroy it, which again, it should be in line with the GDPR protocol. I, regardless of this, even if you do everything by the numbers, people are still going to get paranoid. There's still going to be yeah. conspiracy theories. But to be brutally honest, this is... Uh, dare I saw, say, a necessary evil to a, to a point where I know people yeah. will claim, my God, this is intrusion on my freedom and and that. You know, to a degree, if you were to bring it in a pure sense, yes. Mm. But we're knowingly and doing it voluntarily, just like we did when we went into isolation voluntarily. We yeah. knew it was a, an, a, a, an affront for us to be at home and not doing it. But once we know it's done right and we trust the government and they've been transparent and they're using the right technologies and they're not mm. going off doing it themselves and, and stuff, then I think... I think I think it's okay. I think it's uh, it's it's fine to do. Just just have to watch out for those threat actors uh, yeah. trying their tricks, though. That's the only thing. So as long as they're following the advice you've given today, do properly, take your time, don't rush this. This is certainly not something you want to rush to market. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, look. I mean, that that's that's it really for today. Really appreciate your time, Tom, John, um, and Owen. Um, thanks for uh, for sharing your thoughts and uh, best luck with everything. Thank you. Thank you, Dave. Thank you. Thanks, guys. And thanks, everyone, for watching today. Um, if you want to get notifications about um, our, our uh, upcoming interviews, you can subscribe to the YouTube channel or you can simply join our meetup page, uh, Dublin Tech Talks, or uh, follow the Dublin Tech Talks page on LinkedIn. So we'll see you again next time. Thanks.